Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Hannah. Hannah has an unusual story about how she got into uh, the Dark Souls series. And since that weird event, she's uh, gotten way into it. She does challenge runs. She thinks about lore. She writes characters. She's all over the place. Uh, We had a great chat, and I think that you are going to enjoy this episode. souls like really really late like all of the souls games had already been released at this point uh, and this was like maybe a year ago uh i had gotten into the uh, r slash uh game sharing i think it was called on reddit uh mm-hmm. which is you you, <laughs> you basically share your accounts uh with people so that you can play games you don't know right Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I have, um, I had some podcast buddies. One lived in England and one lived in New Zealand and they did this, but they, it worked out because they were never logged in at the same time because their time zones yeah. were so different. Okay, cool. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I didn't know there was yeah. a Reddit for that. I'm surprised Sony hasn't tried to shut that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. And then, um, so, uh, like I, the, neither of us like had the game at first, but like what happened was, uh, me, being the dumbass I am, uh, still had my card details on my account. And I guess this guy, I don't know, either intentionally or accidentally purchased some games on my account. Using your credit card information? <laughs> Using my credit card information. <laughs> and uh, so it wasn't even that much. So like... Um, I wasn't really that mad. I, I, I did, like, change my account details after that, but, uh, one of the games that he bought was Dark Souls 2. And, it, uh, like, at this point, I was, like, I was already kind of thinking, like, hmm, you know, maybe I should get into Dark Souls. And, you know, at that point, I just kind of took it as a sign, so I just, uh, just downloaded it, installed it, started playing, um... Did not have an easy time at first. <laughs> Let me tell you. What did you uh, at this point like? What did you? What had you heard about the uh, Soul series, or like, were you kind of aware of them in the periphery on the periphery, or, or like, how did you like? What was your? It, what was your mental picture of a Souls game before you started playing Dark Souls Two? Uh, my my like, um, my view of like the Souls games were like they were hard, unforgiving. And just at times unfair. Like I had never really seen anyone play it. I just only seen the commercials. Like I think, I think I, I saw the Dark Souls commercial like around the time that it came out. But I was like too young to even think about like getting into it. Uh, but yeah, I, I just all this time I just thought, you know, hmm. I tend to get mad easily when playing video games. I'm not sure Dark Souls is going to be the game for me. <laughs> and how did that uh, translate into actually playing the game for the first time? When I actually played it, uh, I was 
I was mildly surprised, though, because, you know, Dark Souls 2, honestly, is probably the easiest Souls game out of all of them for me. Um, so when I started playing it, I was a little surprised by, like, how how easy some of the enemies went down. Still, still though, could get overwhelmed in, uh, in uh, Hades Tower of Flame, because... Uh, I didn't even know Force of the Fallen Giants existed, so I went straight to Hate's Tower of Flame. And... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, like, the first few enemies were, were all right, but then when I got into the into that part where it's like a like a big rotunda with the, with the three old knights, uh, I just kept getting my shit stomped in. And, you know, I, I never thought, you know, I can just run past these enemies. No, every time I fought them. And... It was not. It was not a fun time. <laughs> did that completely make you lose your interest in playing the games, or did you persevere through it? No, I I, I still persevered through it. See, what, what I did was like after I like maybe the twentieth time of getting my shit stomped in by those uh, those old knights, I went and looked up walkthroughs on YouTube, um, and I found I think it was Epic Name Bros walkthrough Dark Souls Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like I was watching it, and then like I saw like like when he was when he's going to, like straight from the from the bonfire to the little little cave that takes you to Forest of the Fallen Giants. I was like, I didn't even notice that, <laughs> and <laughs> and then so I I go there and I'm just you know I'm just like going through all these enemies so quickly and I'm like, how did I miss this? I'm so dumb. <laughs> Dark Souls can make you feel super dumb sometimes. Like it'll, you know, oh, if you yeah. miss something obvious and then you come back to it later and you're like, "Oh shit, I was that was real stupid." <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's jeez. I wish I had noticed it earlier, honestly. <laughs> so, did, at that point, did you start the game over again, or did you just continue with your existing character and then go through? Uh see, I think. See, I think I had gotten to the into the bonfire where um, what's her name? That 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 that, that one lady, that, that one old lady who like the merchant sells you life gems. The merchant, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't, I have no idea what her name is. I couldn't even tell yeah. you if I tried. Malentia, Malentia. Okay, there, there you, you go. go. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I got to Malentia, and like I think at that point I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna I'll start this over. Do it the right way because i think i was leveling stats i didn't even need i think i started out with a knight and i might have been i might have been a, a leveling attunement because i didn't know what it did <laughs> yeah but, uh then i just started following epic name bros build um and and from there uh i was able to get through the game fairly fairly quickly um and then i see i was one of those people who turtled with shields like all the time mm-hmm. so bosses like the ruined sentinels uh any any boss where there was more than one like attacking you at the same time gave me a lot of trouble because I just never had the stamina to do anything because I was blocking all the time. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Shield up, <laughs> regardless of whether somebody's hitting you at all times, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and it was it became really frustrating a lot of the times. Um, and you know, I tried rolling, but I didn't even know what adaptability did either. So I didn't have many iframes. So rolling didn't work for me very well. And I actually managed to get through almost the whole game just turtling my way through. <laughs> <laughs> like, jeez. That's, I mean, like, that's a valid strategy, though. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make fun of you for that, because I think a lot of people's first Souls games, they, they, they use that shield quite a bit just to be able to get through it, like the, you know, because otherwise, like, the, the fancier moves are maybe a little bit too difficult for a brand new souls player to come to figure out oh yeah definitely like there's there is that learning curve with with souls games um just figuring out what works what what doesn't work for you what's completely underpowered at the beginning (coughs) dark souls 3 sorceries (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then like i once i started looking up guides i think Extra Life was like my most used resource uh, after I stopped watching Epic Name Bros walkthrough. Um, I finally discovered adaptability maybe wasn't a dumb stat, <laughs> and <laughs> and from there I just had so so much more a, a lot easier time going through the game. Yeah, it, it's amazing what actually being able to dodge and like drink Estus on time will do for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and like I was, I was honestly kind of glad that like I had Dark Souls too because like at the time my main gaming PC was broken down, um, so I only had my PS3 and I didn't have much on my PS3. So uh, Dark Souls two let me have a game where I could you know, sink hundreds of hours into it, just playing and replaying the game. Um, and that then that just started me on my Souls journey. And now here I am with all three Souls games. I haven't played Bloodborne yet, but I am waiting for Sekiro. I'm, I'm curious, um, before we, we jump too far into the, the rest of the games, there's a, uh, like, what was it that you went from like what can you identify the time when you were playing Dark Souls 2 where you were like yes I'm going to keep playing this no matter what like this this game has its hooks in me uh, was that a certain boss or area or was it some story stuff or like what when do you think that happened I think for me uh just when I was playing through the I think it's the Crown of the Old Iron King DLC mm-hmm. um I think that's the one, the Fume Knight, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The like the Fume Knight. I had such a good time fighting the Fume Knight that I, at that point, I just knew I was just like, yes, I need to play more of these games. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how much I love the Fume Knight. I aesthetic that bonfire so many times, justified him. Really? That's a you know that's yes. that's a pretty. Unique thing because a lot of people find the Fume Knight to be a an extremely difficult boss fight. Um, I mean, I oh it's, yeah, it's one of my favorites because it reminds me of like that kind of one on one duel versus Artorius from Dark Souls One. So like that's oh yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those. But uh, I, I've never gone through and like bonfire aesthetic it out or anything. 
Oh yeah, no, like, like one of my characters, I swear that bonfire is on like intensity ten, I think. Oh wow. Yeah. It's just I love it so much. So you finished Dark Souls two, and all of the, all of the associated DLC, and uh, you, did you just immediately go and hunt for more Dark Souls games, or where, where did you go from there? I think from that point, I think uh, Dark Souls Remastered had just been out for like two months. And, you know, I was seeing reviews of the game that like they didn't that, like like the the already existing Souls fans, you know, didn't really like it very much uh, since it's basically just like a $40 update. Um, but like I, I noticed a lot of other people saying like, oh, you know, like if you're if you're just getting into Dark Souls 1, then you can just go ahead and pick up Remastered anyway, since uh, Prepare to Die Edition is off Steam. So I just I just said, fuck it, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get Dark Souls Remastered. So then I got Dark Souls Remastered. And this is for really, PC or PS4? Or PC. What? PC, yeah. okay. Yeah. And like... Like, and... Well, first of all, I was like... It took a little while to get used to because, God, some of those like the the attacks speeds in Dark Souls One are so much slower, and at least that's how that's how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. And and you know like every, I feel like I wasn't timing my attacks very well because I feel like every time that I got um, that that I tried to attack, I didn't have any poise. So any any attack that they countered me with would just stagger me and well i take damage and i didn't take any so oh well that's just me i guess (laughs) does uh were you still like i mean even with those slower attack speeds were you still like i'm going to finish this like this is my jam i have to try this oh yeah definitely definitely um and like (laughs) it's really funny the same thing that happened with dark souls 2 i went straight to hate's tower of flame happened in Dark Souls Remastered where I ended up in the catacombs because I had no idea where the undead burg was. That's that's not an uncommon thing either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully by Dark Souls 3 you figured out which way which way to go at the beginning of the game. Oh yeah, I mean there's only one way to go. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I, I guess they yeah, they only give you one option, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um were you able to get out of the catacombs? Like how how deep did you go? Uh, I didn't get very far. I only managed to like get through uh, like where that uh, where that second necromancer is, like right at the the bridge, uh, right when you like get inside the real catacombs. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, like I think I looked it up and you know I said like, is the catacombs really the first area I need to go to? Um, and then like I'd I'd seen every like everyone sit go like undead burg, and I'm like, wait, how do I get there? And then I. The, then I noticed the aqueduct in the in the distance, and I was like, "God damn it, not again!" <laughs> they got me again, son of a bitch! <laughs> God damn it, Miyazaki! <laughs> so what happened? What what was your build from that point on? Like, what, how did you proceed from there? Was it did it go pretty well? Um, I think I had restarted that one too. I had originally started as a think i don't remember which starting class had the uh the armor that was similar to pate 
from Dark Souls 2. Mm-hmm. I think I had I, it was that one, and like I was I was so used to like the the under seventy percent like uh, fast roll in Dark Souls two, so like seeing my equip load in Dark Souls one like definitely being under seventy percent but still fat rolling kind of just made me want to die because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like man this game is really unforgiving with its equip load isn't it it, it, like, it is that yeah it's very much that <clears throat> yeah um, and and like uh, after that I think I had restarted and that I, I think I chose the bandit yeah yeah I chose the bandit and then and then uh, from there, I was able to actually fast roll, and I was actually playing the game the way that I liked it. Um, and then I think on that build, I just I think I went pure strength. I might have just stuck with the the, the battle axe that you start out with. And also, it took me so long to figure out how to like properly upgrade your weapons. Um, cause like I had upgraded my, uh, my battle axe to like plus five mm-hmm. and, and like, you know, after that I saw that I couldn't upgrade anymore. So, so I was like, wait, is plus five the max upgrade level in this game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having to, especially coming from dark souls Two, which simplified that whole process quite a bit, like having to ascend something from plus five to plus six probably didn't make any damn sense whatsoever. Oh yeah, no. I had no idea that I needed to even find the coals or the embers. I think right, mm-hmm. embers. Embers. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I had no idea how to find the embers. So I think I had. How long did it? How long did it take for me to figure that out? I think I had gone through. I think I had somehow made it all the way to to Sen's fortress, and only just figured out how to ascend my weapon to plus six. Yeah, that's that's rough because that's when yeah. <laughs> that's when uh, the game really actually like you know gets pretty difficult with those snake dudes because they take so much they have so much resistance. Oh yeah, they they did, and I still didn't have uh, much. Uh, I think vitality is the health stat in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have much vitality either, so uh, those hits did a lot of did a lot of damage on me. <laughs> Did you uh did you get into the story as of Dark Souls one as much as you did with Dark Souls two? Uh yeah, I did actually. Um, see, I think in terms of like the story, I think Dark Souls one and three are my favorites. Um, mainly because I think because like they're actually connected to each other. Um, and. You know, I remember looking up uh, lore videos and stumbling upon Vati uh, Vidya, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I just, I, I honestly just like marathoned most of most of his videos because they were just so. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what happens when people find it. You know, that's that smooth voice gentleman talking about, uh, you know, making Souls characters cry. Essentially, like that's you just like, oh, I need <laughs> yeah. to watch all of these immediately. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Definitely, and like, I think I like, I think I like specifically latched on to uh, to 
uh, Gwendolyn's lore. Um, because like when I when I read that like um, you know, Gwen raised uh, Gwendolyn as a daughter, even though uh, she was born what I assume to be like uh, assigned male at birth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like basically, he was being like forced to to like be something he's not. Uh, I think that 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 kind of like resonated a bit with me, you know, like you know, like as a as a trans person, um, you know, it, it it's it's a pretty it's pretty common pretty common, you know, to uh to latch on to characters like this for for me. I know a lot of people who just um a, a lot of people who I talked to before getting into souls, uh, like they. They would tell me sometimes about Gwendolyn. I didn't really understand at the time, but then, like, actually getting into, like, his lore and, uh, like, just reading about everything, I think, like, I really did, like, latch on to him a lot. Like, in fact, I, I, once I discovered his boss fight, I was like, well, that's not a boss I'm ever going to be fighting. Is, and that's sp- specifically because of the way it resonated with you. You didn't want to go out of your way to to kill the boss that that meant that much to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then like, and then like I start reading about the lore of other bosses, and then I just start thinking to myself like, wow, do any of these people really need to die? <laughs> <laughs> like, like especially like Quaylag. Uh, one, one, like I read about Quaylag and um uh, and you know the. Daughter of Chaos, I think, uh, what was her name? Quailan? Quailana, yeah. Yeah, Qu- Quailana. Um, you know, like, once I, once I read about them all, I was, I was just like, wow, I really just, I really just killed this blind woman's only caretaker. The, and then um, I, the, 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 I, I had that same feeling when I stumbled across the moonlit butterfly for the first time. Like uh-huh. you, you, you just kind of you're in this like weird forest, and you just stumble in here, and like this beautiful music starts playing, and this enormous ethereal butterfly immediately starts attacking you because you know you 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 intruded upon its business. And I was like, man, I I was the first time that like something in the back of my head went like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I'm the bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And like, I think it it really does uh, hit you like. um that what you're doing may not be exactly the most good thing is when I fought Sif. Um, like it didn't, it didn't hit me at first. Like at first it was like, Oh, big wolf wants to kill me must swing. <laughs> and, and then like, uh, and like it took a while for me to like actually learn, um, Sif's backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, like it actually hit like once I replayed the game uh, with the uh, with an int build, and I had I had actually played through um, the Artorias of the Abyss DLC before fighting Sif, and after I you know I did the whole rescuing Sif in the Abyss, um, and once I'd actually gone to fight Sif, I was I almost cried at the 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 change cinematic 
<laughs> Where Sif kind of recognizes you and, it, and is a little bit sad about it. Yeah, like the way he just like sadly picks up the sword from the ground and readies for battle against you. Just knowing that death would be a like like a more merciful outcome for you than what he believes might happen to you if you you know go back to the abyss like like ow you know (laughs) it's still uh to this day one of the saddest stories in in dark souls i think like that whole uh weird time traveling mechanic you know false history kind of situation is it just it it just really like they nailed it like the emotional impact of that is so huge and so poignant that i I think they've had a hard time topping it Oh yeah, definitely. Like I love the way that like they they subvert like your expectations of Artorius, right? Like because like I remember like, you know, um like some of the other NPCs would mention Artorius and like, you know, I just thought, "Oh, he's like this legendary figure, probably some deep lore that I'm probably not going to learn about." And then actually playing through the Artorius of the Abyss DLC, I was like, "Oh, cool are we gonna get some backstory in Artorius? and then i get to the to the boss fight and i'm like oh oh (laughs) (laughs) what um like with all the stories and everything are you because it takes like you mentioned body video and all of that are you like as you're playing the game are you seeking that stuff out or are you waiting till you kind of finish something and then trying to seek out what the story was afterwards because i've always been kind of curious about the difference of people who consider spoilers actual spoilers and they want to be surprised all the way through or they want to try to figure out stuff on their own versus someone who kind of wants to know what's coming and wants to know the story so they can appreciate it more at the time yeah i think for me it was a, a little bit of both um I think, like, in Dark Souls 2, I kind of, I, I did try to, like, uh, keep myself mostly, like, in the dark uh, as I went through the game. Um, and then, like, after I couldn't really figure anything out, that's when I went out and, uh, you know, watched all the lore videos. And then once I got into Dark Souls 1 uh, is when I sort of preemptively... Uh, like looked at some of the like the major bosses and NPCs and like watched lore videos about them, and then, uh, and then I I kind of did the same thing for Dark Souls three, and I I think it all honestly like um, it increased my enjoyment uh like knowing a little bit of the context before going in, mm-hmm. uh. And because, like in in Dark Souls two, uh, I was honestly just like a little bit lost when it came to the lore. Um, in fact, I still don't know much <laughs> much about Dark Souls two lore now that I think about it. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty uh, it that's a that's a huge game with a lot of like individual short stories that don't necessarily tie into anything else in the other game. So it's kind of difficult to even for me to to like get my my arms around the entire story. <clears throat> yeah me, the entire story yeah i think that that's why like lore wise i definitely prefer like dark souls one and three because of, like it's interconnectedness like it just uh, most of it flows a lot better yeah especially in the level design right like when all of those levels start kind of connecting back and forth to each other oh yeah yeah definitely um 
I, I did. I well, one thing I did find a little a little whack with uh, Dark Souls Three was just like the amount of bonfires. Why are there so many? <laughs> like like fighting like the old Dragon Slayer armor, lighting that bonfire, and then immediately stumbling upon the Grand Archives bonfire. I was like, what was the point? <laughs> it's um, it's weird because that game. Especially when you, if you if you follow any of the cut content stuff at all that's been coming out, um, that game obviously went under the knife so many times and got kind of pulled apart and put back together again in weird, interesting ways. And they very clearly didn't want to have a, like harsh boss runs, right? Like I think that's something they were trying to get away from. And since Dark Souls Two allowed you to kind of warp anywhere from the beginning, they were like, okay, we have to have that. Um, but what what that means is like when you start pulling apart those areas and putting them back again, that those bonfires don't necessarily have the same kind of uh, pre thought out uh, design as something like Dark Souls One does. So you get those like bonfires directly next to one another, and you're like, why? Like why? Why? <laughs> and it's <laughs> yeah. and it's absolutely because like that area probably used to connect to a different area, and we have 30 days to ship this game. I'm not going to pull a bonfire out just because it, it it's a little too close to a previous bonfire. Um, but it makes you it makes you think like that world is so tiny and compressed, even more so than it already is. Yeah, like I, I definitely did feel like Dark Souls Three had maybe the smallest like world size out of the Souls games. Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember like Dark Souls Two is just absolutely huge, and uh, it doesn't. I remember watching. Um, I think it was. I think it was uh, H-Bomber Guy's uh, video in defense of Dark Souls 2. And I remember he talked about how, like, the... Um, like, like the, the, the sort of mystery behind the fact that the world doesn't really make any sense was, like, uh, was actually something that he found, like, praiseworthy of the game. And, like, I somewhat agree with that. Like, yeah, there is that, that mystery, uh, about it, but like, I did like the the interconnectedness of Dark Souls One a lot more because like, I I love the fact that you can just like, you see something like some big, you know, castle in the distance, and you actually end up going there at some point in the game. Yeah, it's I, I've I've heard that same kind of opinion where, you know, the the long kind of transitive connective tissue of that game that that game has like tunnels going from one place to another is can be viewed as like your memory changing over time and that's why like it doesn't need necessarily like you forget things in the transition between areas essentially and I, I like that idea a lot I don't I don't know that it's particularly expressed very well in the game and I think it's that's something that if you dig that like if that's your opinion that's completely fine and it's totally valid but at the same time, like it, it is a little weird that that elevator goes up. Although I am real tired of our argument about it, but it is a little weird that you go up into like the, a seafloor. <laughs> but it, but I get it. Like game development is hard, and like you can assign all these other things for it. So it's interesting. How how much other media do you uh, like kind of seek out for these games? I mean, you, like you're mentioning YouTube videos and stuff like that. Are you constantly on this on the prowl for PvP videos, lore videos, for you know podcasts, everything else? Like do you participate in the community quite a bit? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, uh, like when I was first getting into the games, mostly what I watched were lore videos. Um, and then once I actually started getting into like 
the PvP of the games. Uh, that's when I started looking at some of the like more some of the more popular uh, PvP YouTubers like Chase the Bro or uh, Fighter PL. Uh, God, I, I love Fighter PL's videos so much. He, it, I just feel like he's the epitome of BM. And the epitome of, like, of I, say that again. I'm sorry. BM like bad manners. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I've never heard that abbreviation before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and like, because like um, he'll post a lot of videos of like of like people being salty at him, and it, and then him just like absolutely beating the shit out of them multiple times <laughs> and, and like doing the, the the thing i love like when you have like a like a great sword and you're two-handing it and you just like repeatedly press l1 i did look into a lot of uh pvp guides for dark souls 2 i think most of them from sunlight blade mm-hmm. um and i was honestly never really very good at it but i did still have a lot of fun with it the secret about Dark Souls PvP is that almost nobody is essentially is is very good at it. <laughs> like you, if you, the best thing you could possibly do is just go in there and try to have the best time possible. Like that's all that's all I ever did when in my PvP days was like I never wanted to be good. I just wanted to have fun uh, and and just do stupid shit and troll people or you know knock them off ledges or, or what have you. Like once it gets to the point where. Um, like when Dark Souls One Remaster came out, like the PvP community of that game was kind of frustrated because of some of the the essential changes they made, and I was just like, I find that stuff kind of interesting. And as someone who's put a thousand hours into Dark Souls One PvP, like I'm I'm kind of attached to it. But at the same time, I was like, man, y'all are this feels like the wrong thing to get excited about. Like this seems like the wrong thing to get mad about. <laughs> like you have this whole <laughs> new game. Like let's go play this. But I don't know. <clears throat> but but yeah, like. D- don't ever worry about not being good at Dark Souls PvP because very few people actually are, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Like the point of games is to have fun, so like you shouldn't get too caught up in you know whether whether your sword connects with this other guy when he's like I don't know on five hundred ping, and then you get lag backstab, then you die. <laughs> it's. I I do remember though, like in in Dark Souls two, I I did do a lot of like I I, I like to troll a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> How so? Um, like in in Dark in uh, Skull of the First Sin on PC, um, uh, what what I'll do is I'll get I I have one of uh this uh Mega Mule, mm-hmm. um. And like you know, it, it it like you can it just starts you out at the beginning of the game with like every single weapon upgraded to plus ten, every spell you know. Um, so then, what I do is I just uh, I just basically replace all my starting gear with the completely upgraded stuff uh, from the Mega Mule, go into like Hate's Tower of Flame, and just like pretend I'm friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know just just like saying hi and all that dropping some stuff uh and then as they're picking up the stuff uh i'll just like take out a plus 10 dagger and then a one shot backstab <laughs> <laughs> how much hate mail do you get for that kind of stuff 
Uh, I haven't actually gotten any hate mail. Um, oh, that's surprising. Yeah, right. Um, I think because like on Steam, it's just a little bit, a little bit more of a hassle to you know find someone's profile and you know send them hate mail. Uh, but and and then uh, like in Dark Souls three. I like to do the thing in the Ring City, uh, where like you fight on the stairs just outside the uh, uh, that one bonfire that uh, is near nearest to Medir, and I'll have Force equipped and just uh, wait until they're on the stairs and then just spam Force until I win. <laughs> until you knock them off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love I love that there's uh, spells like that. Ever since Dark Souls one, like Force or uh, Emit Force and all that stuff, it's just so much fun to. To, to mess with the, the kind of physics of a character to be able to knock them on the ground like that i think is really really fun yeah yeah definitely um one thing i i do wish i was like there for was a uh, dark souls 2 golf swinging uh because i know that like i I, le- I found out before that like when you did um i think it was a running running r r either r1 or r2 of a ultra gray sword mm-hmm uh, that you could like, you know, knock them up in the air, and apparently before what it did is it, you, it would also like knock them forward, so you could knock someone off a cliff with it. And oh yeah, I just yeah. know, I, yeah, <laughs> I just know I would have had so much fun with that. It's um that whole like bridge PvP meta when Dark Souls Two was was first released, um, or a little bit after that, it took for a little while to develop. Was was just hilarious because you could summon so many people. So many people did so many fight clubs there, and like that was kind of the thing to do for a long time. Like it was, it was just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see how ridiculous it would be, um, but I definitely would have had a lot of fun with it. So I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you? Are you playing? Are you actively playing Souls now? Like, are you playing Dark Souls Three PvP? Or are you doing more runs? Like, what do you? What do you? In the, what are you into right now? Uh yeah, I've been I've been doing a lot of Dark Souls three. Um, I'm starting to get into challenge runs a little bit. Um, I have started a soul level one playthrough Dark Souls two. Uh, and uh, see, I kind of like after I after I finish that one, I kind of want to do a fist only run. Oof! (laughs) No, don't do it. I know it's going to be terrible, but God, I just want to know I I, I was able to do it. You know, mm-hmm. what is the um, uh, what's the appeal of uh, challenge runs to you personally? I think it's like to me, it's like finding ways to experience the game in new ways. Um, because you know, like I I think I've. I think with Dark Souls 2, I've played that that game so many times um, that I just, I know, at this point, I'm pretty sure I know where pretty much everything is. Um, So I think, like, the appeal of the challenge run is just knowing that, like, I have to, like, actually apply the knowledge that I've gained from playing through this game so many times uh, that you know, I'll, I'll actually need to use it now in order to f- find success with it. So it's something that, um, like, you just 
you just want to keep playing these games. <laughs> like you just have yeah. to you're trying to figure out a different way to do it. Yeah, pretty much. Have you gone through the thing where you've tried to play something new and you're like, well, I could just be playing Dark Souls now. What am I doing playing this new thing? <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, like I have so many games in my backlog of like games to play. Uh, so many just that I've installed on Steam months ago and still have not even opened just because I've just... I've just been, I want to play Dark Souls now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned that you're, you're, you were playing Dark Souls 3, but you, you also said that you came to all of these games late, right? So like you just started playing them within the last year. So Dark Souls 3 was relatively new when you started playing it, or it was um, had been out for a little while? Uh, no, it it definitely been out for a little while. Um, it, it's weird to be thinking of how long ago it was when Dark Souls 3 came out, because it feels like it should have been so long ago, but it was only like, what, two, three years ago? Yeah, I was trying to, I guess it came out in 2017, maybe? So I think it was maybe 2016. Oh, wow. Jesus, I'm old. I'm forgetting years. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and... Uh... I remember one of one of my other friends was like telling me about Dark Souls three and uh, like the story, and I was just I remember, I just I just remember it kind of went in one ear out the other because there was just a lot of depth to it that I didn't understand because I had no context at that point. Uh, I really couldn't comprehend it, so I didn't really get into it. But once I actually did, uh, I could probably drone on about the story for hours. <laughs> what is it about about that that you think that is is so impactful on you? I I think it's like the fact that like there's so much so much mystery and like vagueness uh to like a lot of the lore that like leaves a lot of room for interpretation. Um like like uh take like Yorshka for example, um I always, I I always had like the uh, the the suspicion that like Yorshka is Priscilla, right, uh, from Dark Souls One, um, and you know th- there's a lot of people. I-, I know there's a lot of people who say otherwise. Uh, some people think Yorshka is Ocelot for some reason, um, but I-, I I really I just really like. The, the fact that, like, you can have so many different interpretations on one character, uh, that it just, like, it just opens up all this discussion, uh, you know, among the fans, right? Yeah, how, how important is that to you when you're playing video games? Or is it just the Soul series where having that kind of headcanon or the ability to kind of create your own story in between the things that the game gives you? Um, is that is that something you do with other games, and is that extremely important to you? Yeah, it's definitely a thing I do a lot with other games. Um, like, like I'll try to like like even games like Overwatch, I'll like pick out like uh, single like a single character and like think about their motivations and e- even like what mon- like some mundane stuff like like hmm what uh, what do I think is their favorite flavor of soda? You know. <laughs> Where do, where do you think that comes from? Is that like a just you being curious about these characters and kind of just wanted to think through every minute detail, or is there? Do you think there's something more there? Um, I think it's mainly like like I'm a very curious person. Uh, 
like when it comes to any like piece of media um and like i, I definitely think that it comes around just from being on tumblr for god knows how many years uh <laughs> and just you know being around all these other people who just uh like to pick apart every minute detail of pretty much every anything they're into and at that point it's just become commonplace for me to to just to to think about like the underlying personality traits of a character that isn't that might not even be clearly defined interesting does that do you get into doing your own um like original characters and stuff too like i know that 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 usually has a lot of crossover with people who want to drill down real hard into what makes a character but also want to create their own characters to live in these universes yeah yeah definitely um i i i do like to like um think about like 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 what it it kind of just ends up being like what would i do like if i were in this situation or if i was with this people and then that just turns into me uh like and that and then that just turns into an oc um uh, who like I'm shamelessly admitting most of my OCs are self inserts. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's like a, <laughs> a, a, that can be true for a lot of people, whether they admit it or not. So I think you're fine there. Yeah, yeah. And um, I play D and D a lot, so like I've I've always wanted to like maybe even like set a campaign in the Dark Souls universe. So I had no idea how I'd go about even writing up a story for that. Yeah, I'm um I'm I'm super inexperienced with uh D&D. So like I have I've, I've played once and uh, had somebody basically holding my hand through that the entire time and had a really friendly DM who wanted us to have a good time as opposed to get hung up on rules and numbers. So yeah, when it comes to actually creating those stories, I just I, I look at some of the like podcast or YouTube videos that I've seen with people playing D&D and I'm like, "Wow, where how do you even do this? Like this seems impossible." See, see cuz like the 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 thing that like I notice I usually do when I'm like, like writing this kind of stuff um, is like, I tend to put a lot of emphasis into like the setting. Uh, So most of my ideas for like campaigns set in, you know, in like established uh, universes from like, from like some uh, piece of media is that I'll usually like focus on like an aspect of a place that hasn't really been explored. Like, I think for me, I would definitely want to like set a campaign that would be set in Londor. I think is what it's called, right? Sure. Yeah. You're talking about from Dark Souls yeah. three, not Dark Souls one, right? Yeah, Dark Souls three. Yeah, because I I found that really interesting. Uh, like, like there's there's like a like like a place where like where people like actually like just embrace the fact that they're hollow and and you know don't they don't they they don't really like exactly run away from it they 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 want to like exist as a hollow and not like um not like uh sorry i'm that's okay. um yeah like they're like they're like they're content where they are like they don't have any um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah any ambition yeah they're, yeah they're just that's what they want for themselves and 
you know, it, it, it's, it's really interesting to me, like just, um, just, just thinking about that and just like what kind of society that would be. And, you know, like the, the underlying darkness inherent in that society. Cause, uh, like just that, that just makes me think of, uh, of Ulysseel, right. Um, because you know what happened in Ulysseel, you know, with the whole like just darkness corrupting everyone's humanity. Uh, I just feel like inevitably Londork would probably end up the same way. But you know, I just I'd want to get into the meat of how it happens. You know, I can understand that. Like trying to create those stories because you know the game is seems content on just like okay this exists but actually kind of living in that universe and bringing it to life is something that's interesting oh yeah definitely do you is that something that you do with other games as well like do you kind of like if you're playing a fallout game do you do you get real into that as well yeah yeah i I do that a lot um like see what let me just I can't think of any off the top of my head, so I'm just going to look through my Steam library. Uh, like, see, like Dishonored. Um, I don't know if you've ever played Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, I was, I was always, I've always been really interested in seeing like what a, uh, what the other like kingdoms in uh, in Dishonored would be like, um, like uh, Tivia, the lands of the north. Uh, that to me is like the like the dishonored equivalent of russia like i'd i'd really like to see like a game set there or uh i think the for, for now that's all i can think of like at the top of my head but yeah like i i, I do that a lot with uh yeah w- with these settings what um as someone that's played all of these games in a relatively compressed amount of time um i guess first off are you, are you planning on going back and trying to play demon souls or are you going to try to pick up a ps4 and play bloodborne or is that is it a little too much to buy like a you know a 450 dollars video game at this point <laughs> uh <laughs> i mean it's true but um i actually did pick up demon souls like a little bit ago uh, i saw the this one like uh this one gaming store at my local mall uh, had a copy, so I just I went out and bought it, and I've been playing it, and I'm actually really enjoying it so far. Uh, currently, I'm going through. I think it's four two or five two. Yeah, five two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Valley of Defilement, and God, okay, the fact that the Black Phantom there can roll in the mud makes me want to die. <laughs> and you can't yeah and I, I yeah. no matter what i do like I, I cannot ever remember that i can't roll so i always get stuck trying and your character does that like weird whoa animation and it's just like oh no this sucks yeah. Yeah. yeah and um but overall i'm definitely having a lot of fun with it uh i do still need to get into the lore uh like i just i don't really know anything about it um but i really do appreciate the uh you know the 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 dark setting of the game like like most souls game but i think it's like very pronounced in demon souls what are you uh looking forward to like obviously we got Sekiro coming um in like pretty soon like we're a few months from that game being out which is crazy to, to even think about it um but like what what is your kind of dream from software game i 
I honestly would not be mad if they made Dark Souls 4. <laughs> and, like, I, I know that's maybe not the most popular opinion, but, God, I just want more Dark Souls. Uh, I would like to see maybe a remaster of Demon Souls. I haven't even finished the game, but I just know that I'd want to see that remastered in, like, you know, 1080p, 60fps, like, um, I'm definitely looking forward to Sekiro. Uh, I've had it pre-ordered, uh, for a while now. Uh, but, yeah, definitely the one thing that I'd want most, like, Miyazaki, please, Dark Souls 4. Just, just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> Which, tell me about your ideal Dark Souls four. Like, are we are we trying to extinguish the flame again? Are we repeating the same cycle? Or like, what do you, from a story perspective, what do you think you would want the most from? I'm not sure. Like, what more you could do? That gives like, I think, you know, Dark Souls one and Dark Souls two. You know, really did have the, you know, had the, uh, you know, had had like the, the same kind of thing where like. You either link the flame or you let it die. Uh, and then Dark Souls 3 just has, you know, like, you know, you link the flame, you let it die, or you can usurp it. And I, I, I like that subversion that, like, it just, like, it gives you another choice, you know? Uh, so I think, like, maybe, maybe even like a Dark Souls game that isn't even entirely centered around, like, the linking of the flame maybe some other like even like bigger issue uh maybe even like the aftermath of uh of the usurpation of flame ending would i think would be pretty interesting nice well hannah thank you so much for uh for guesting on the podcast today i really very much appreciate it uh can you let everybody know where you can be found on the internet uh yeah um so i have a uh i'm on twitter uh baby bun ow uh okay and then i'm also on tumblr uh it's not really i I don't know how many of people would actually like follow it but it's a it's it's anna j hong a-n-a-j-e-h-o-n-g dot tumblr.com uh it's it's a it's a blog focused around uh, Overwatch League, so I don't know how many people would actually be interested in there, in that one. But you can also follow me there, um, and you can you can find me on the uh, the Don't Give Up Skeleton Discord. Uh, I think I have my name set there as Baby Bun. Cool, you should be able yeah. to find me. Okay, yeah. Just look for, um, if this episode is out, just look for the person with, um, I don't know what, the episode number. <laughs> it would be like 160-something or 170-something in their name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you again for guesting. I very much appreciate you coming on and, uh, and talking, about, talking about all of this with me. Yeah, you're welcome. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That has links to all of the social media sites. It has links to the Patreon if you want to support the show directly. It has links to uh, the merchandise if you want to put a scaly on your belly. It also has links to previous episodes, places to review them, social media, all of that stuff. It's the place to be if you have any, any, any desire to listen to more of this podcast. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody that's left reviews. Thank you to the patrons. I really appreciate all, each and every one of you. Very much appreciated. Uh, We'll be back next week with another great guest. And until then, remember, don't give up, Skeleton. Thank you.